What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 251st episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. Uh, is this is this Generation Three? Is this where we are? Uh, is 251 Gen Three? 251 is Celebi, no? Oh yeah, because 250 yeah, is home. Don't get All don't right. get ahead uh, of yourself, sir. I was getting I got too excited. With me today, no, we I still s- have one good episode. <laughs> I'm your host, SPJ. I don't know if I said that, but with me today, I have Travis. Yeah. Uh, I have realized that people take what I say in the show way too seriously because there was a joking but still half-earnest discussion of whether or not I should keep keep that dog clean in 2017 for the entire year or whether that would get old. And frankly, I, I promise you I'll forget it in like two weeks. <laughs> two more times. Two more times. Holding you to that. Uh, this week we plan on reading tra- Travis's uh, email from. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna keep teasing that for for two more episodes. <sighs> Will well, is what also in two episodes when Travis forgets uh, keeping the dog clean. Okay, all right. Will's here. Yeah. Insert goof here. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm not. We're. We're out of our regular time zone, dude. I'm. I'm not in phase yeah yeah normally we record this on sunday mornings but travis has some things to do tomorrow and i am quote quote things 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 to do (laughs) i just need to go to work it's not that (laughs) exciting it actually so i have no problem waking up early to do things and moving things around but i'm actually watching japanese wrestling tonight which is live at midnight my time which means it probably won't end till 4 a.m. my time. So normally I'm cool with waking up early to record stuff, but when I already have something that's going to keep me up till 4 a.m., I'm not so not so on that bandwagon of, of getting up early. So you're going to be watching uh, Boat Race-sponsored New Japan Pro Wrestling, a fine Bushi Road product? Uh, you are correct, though. The finest nice. of boat racing products... Uh, we got a show for you guys today, but be- let me let me lay out the show real quick before we get off topic. Uh, we got some Pokemon news, uh, and then we have... Uh, actually, the show will probably be just Pokemon news, because there's actually quite a bit of it. And then we'll move on to a couple emails, and then we're going to do our Pokemon of the week. So no dedicated middle topic, but I think there are some talking points in this news. Uh, and we just did a two-hour live show last week which is kind of what i wanted to talk about because we don't do live shows that often and whatnot but let's 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 start there what do you what did you guys think of last week two hours of our faces uh on on the internet and then i took that into took that into post and you know brought down some stuff that might have not been audio only that might not have worked on an audio only stuff so I took some stuff out. I probably cut 20 minutes from the live show into the audio version. But overall, overall, what are your guys' thoughts on on what we did? Well, my mom had a lot of criticisms. Your mom wrote in. She gave you a call. Let you know that she didn't approve I mean, your I, chest I, bin hat. I talked to my mom every day, and I was not the one she was disapproving of. Whoa. Why was, why was Travis in such a dark room? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a very good webcam. It makes everything look very dark. I can't 
I'm not I'm not going to buy a new computer for the two times a year we do a live show. I don't even know we were doing video. Steve just said we'll do a live show. Oh, yeah. And now here's a Skype video call, which I, I guess I should have just assumed as if we do video as if we're a video podcast or something. I wasn't prepared. The turning on and off the light didn't do anything. So it was I'm sorry, Will's mom. Mrs. Anderson. You Mrs. Can, Mrs. Anderson, uh, Trevster, were you using your your computer's webcam? Was that? Yeah, I don't have another webcam. I don't. I, I don't All make right. any video products with. <laughs> well, I mean, I do, but if I do, I'm using like. What? I don't have any like. Did I don't I don't use a webcam for anything. I sh- I I have a bunch of Logitech C nine twenties laying around. I should just send you one. I should send right. you a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff that you could probably benefit from that I have extra of. But I should probably send you that stuff before you go to Canada, before you get deported, because... That's not... Still not funny. <laughs> uh, because I don't want to pay the shipping to Canada. There's a significant price difference from M- Wisconsin to Michigan than Wisconsin to Canada, even though they're correct remotely, like, the same distance away. A little farther up to Winnipeg, but sure. But where where are we on on the the Canadian endeavors? Same as we were last week, waiting for a group of people to decide whether or not the university I went to is reputable. <laughs> All right. Do you know which accreditation agency accredits uh, Sweet Valley College? <sighs> so I went to Grand Valley State University. The accreditation. Association, I guess is how you would say it, is the International Credational... Can't even say it. International Credation Association... No, something... It's ICAS. It's like ICAS Canada. I forget what the... Uh, for what oh, the Oh, but do you know which, which U.S. accreditation agency manages Sweet Valley State? No, I, I, I do not. Hmm. You'd think every college student would know which accreditation agency accredits their school hmm i don't kids out there do your research i'm just getting i i the the show hasn't even been going for a full 10 minutes and i am already just getting lambasted whether it's the lighting of my room or it's the legitimacy of my bachelor's degree i can't catch a break (laughs) we haven't even been on for 10 minutes now and i'm feeling so attacked (laughs) yes that is a great recapitulation of what i feel and said Poor Steve. Yeah, just yeah. Out to have a good time. Poor me. So back to topic: two hundred and fifty, quite a milestone. Six, almost seven years. Seven years in July. Two hundred and fifty episodes. I do have some minor changes to the not not so much the format, but how we do the podcast. More behind the scenes than actually maybe stuff that might not be noticed offhand uh recently the last couple episodes we've been trying a a different way of recording so it uh, sounds a bit better and a couple people on twitter noticed and asked if uh travis and will got new mics and uh they they didn't not yet i do plan on getting them even even different mics from the last time we did uh last time we did a hardware upgrade but just a different way of recording which takes uh more time to to edit uh, but we're working on that. We're working through the kinks. So if 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 you did notice any audio, if you did notice differences in audio in the last couple episodes, uh, we are trying a different different way 
of doing things. So uh, provide any feedback, uh, good or bad, if you if you've noticed that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Two hundred fifty episodes is is a big one. Uh, is a big milestone, and I enjoyed the live episode, and it seemed like. Like the chat really enjoyed the live episode, even though we didn't really focus on chat that much. But do you guys have any? Is that something you two would be willing to do more of in the future, or just what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'll have to ask Will's. I'll have to ask Mrs. Anderson if she's okay with it. Oh. <laughs> well, she'll just have to approve all lighting and backgrounds before it occurs. <laughs> I mean, she didn't like Steve either, so don't worry too much. What? My lighting was like on point. She wasn't complaining about your lighting, sir. <laughs> she's complaining about the amount of soylent i drink during a show no gotta stay hydrated just your general temperament i would assume <laughs> along those lines yes general opinions <laughs> all right well you know if your mom should leave a review in itunes let us know how <laughs> i think she already has <laughs> all right well let's let's dive into some pokemon news here <laughs> I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of stuff, but uh, I'm really I'm really thrown off off here. But so Pokemon news. First bit of news is there is a new Pikachu themed new Nintendo 3DS XL going on sale starting on February 24th at $199, $50 less than the Switch. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> right around the Pokemon's uh, 21st birthday. Nothing really special about it. It's the Wait, is, is it the one with the cute, like, it's got the full Pikachu, like, it's kind of like, like, it's going to pounce on you, that one? It's the one with Pikachu, like, laying down, and it's more of, like, chalk art than it is line art. More of an outline, kind of. Yeah, but, it, like, a rough outline. Like, it was used with, like a, cho- uh, like, a chalk stick or a color pencil or a paintbrush that loses ink. Loses paint too fast. <laughs> paintbrush, paintbrush that loses, that loses paint too fast. Well, yeah. this is riveting. <laughs> I need to get one of these. I may be getting one. We'll see. Why? Wow, you already have a new Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, but my C-Stick is not working too well. All right. Because I've Monster hunter it too much. But you could for nine days if you waited nine days and paid 50 more dollars you could get the latest and greatest in nintendo's portable handheld systems but that doesn't have monster hunter on it that's true or does it have pokemons on it that's both are valid points but you gotta you gotta buy the hardware (laughs) i mean it does it it does have the zeldas on it but let's be real i'm not a big zelda fan it's getting the Puya Puya Tetris, though. That's like in a year. Once the no, Puya no, Puya that's spring. Out, spring of 2017. Spring. Spring. So <laughs> April 33rd. Yeah. Puya Puya Tetris will show up on the Switch. Get that. I know you're, I know you're a big Mario Kart 8 fan, Will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely played tons of that. Yep. Yep. Second bit of news here is Pokemon Sun and Moon incredible success means the 3DS's future is bright. I don't really agree with this headline, but it's more so uh, this is off Polygon. Uh, It has to do with the, uh, this was, let me get the date right, January 31st, 
Nintendo announced that it sold 14.69 million copies of Pokemon Sun and Moon by the end of 2016. That span was between November 18th through the December 31st, so only 44 days, which means on average they were selling 334,000 copies each day. I think it has already outsold X and Y and no, it outsold Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. I think it's on its way to outselling X and Y, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have 330,000 this- copies a day. That's like more Pokemon than they've added. I only like the first 150. After that, they kind of ran out of ideas, am I right? Ha <laughs> ha, up top. <laughs> There's actually a- <laughs> quite, a- quite a bit in this article. Currently, the best-selling 3DS game of all time is Pokemon's previous Pokemon Adventure 2013 copy of 2013's Pokemon X and Y with 16.06 million copies. Pretty sure Sun and Moon is going to pass that. Next on the list was Mario Kart 7 with 14.82 million copies. That debuted in 2011. Pokemon what system was that for? 3DS? Oh. <laughs> well, did I get that? I don't think you got seven. Uh, Pokemon games, like I know, Will's 3DS I mean, library. I had a Mario Kart, but I, maybe it was Mario Kart DS. That was, that's easily one of the best Mario Karts. I'll go on record saying that. Pokemon games aren't the only... 3DS titles that are performing well. Nintendo said that 3D, 3DS software sales were up 20% year over year in the third quarter. Super Mario Maker for 3DS and Kirby Planet Ro- Roboto, Robobot, uh, both were released in 2016, are also million sellers. Uh, 2 million copies for Super Mario Maker, 1.3 million copies for Planet Robobot. Uh, this bodes well for the future of Nintendo's 3DS, which Nintendo said will stick around as a dedicated handheld platform. I know they said that, but that's not true. This year's 3DS software lineup will include two entries from the popular Fire Emblem series, as well as a Pikmin game, uh, the franchise's first handheld title. That means Pikmin, not Fire Emblem. Third-party games, including Square Enix Dragon Quest, a portable version of Dragon Quest VIII, will be coming as well, as well as Dragon Quest Eleven. It says Nintendo also reported sales of 6.4 million 3DS units in its third fiscal quarter year, which is up 10% year over year. This includes both editions of the 3DS. It doesn't say, it doesn't say 2DS, though, so I'm not sure with, with that. But there you go. I think after this, after 2017, though, the 3DS will be uh, on the... On the cutting board of the food cutting board of life, which means <laughs> going into the garbage. Because when you cut a strawberry top, you only keep the bottom of the strawberry, which is the Nintendo Switch. And then you throw away the top of the strawberry, which is the 3DS. So at the and, end of. And the 2DS. And the well. 2DS. So at the end of two, 2017, the top of the strawberry. Is going in the garbage. Did you fo- did you follow me, Travis? Oh no! I mean, I you know how quickly it it takes for me to just stop paying attention to what you're saying, and you're throwing out all these numbers about like Fire Emblem and console sales. I 
I mean, I'm with the listener here. I tuned out ages ago. <laughs> oh, no. Our listeners love numbers and our listeners love lists. Yeah. That, that, those are facts. Those are. Well, I guess I'm not a listener of this program. <laughs> hey, did you all, speaking of Fire Emblem, did you all try the Fire Emblem iOS game that Heck came out this week? No. Why not? No, I'm too no, busy no, being. No. I'm, I'm too busy with my brand loyalty. I've been playing Pokemon Duel. Wait, wait. Didn't last week you didn't play Pokemon mm-hmm. Duel? No, I did play Pokemon Duel last week, but I didn't get to play a lot of it because I got through the tutorial and then I kind of had to like record the show or something i can't remember why i stopped playing okay. after the tutorial but i hear you i don't I play hear the tutorial give me give me my give me the pokemon duel update what do you got here the game itself is fun the ui is still bad is it does it crash a lot is it slow sluggish it is slow it is sluggish i don't i haven't had experience with crashes um but a lot of the time if you've suspended the app for a long time and then go back into it it does require that you close out of the app and relaunch it which is unfortunate but the actual playing of the game itself doesn't tend to be that sluggish it's generally just navigating through the menus and accepting your login bonuses that can be a hassle but the game itself is fun i heard it's very r and i have not played it yet because I wanted to stream it. I heard there were a lot of issues with the slowish and the sluggishness. So I haven't opened it yet, but I heard that it's very luck-based. More luck so than the actual like video game competition. Can I you mean, s- speak to that? Yes, I would say there is more luck involved than in VGC. But I... So the way it works is... I think I mentioned this before, but you've got a grid and you have a set of pokemon you and each pokemon has a different number of movement points uh, by which they move the number of movement points is equal to the number of squares that they can move in a turn and the goal is to get to your opponent's goal square which is on the opposite side of the field from you unless your pokemon has some specific abilities you generally cannot just walk through opponents and need to engage them in combat to defeat them in order to continue on your quest to getting to your opponent's square. That combat is completely determined by RNG. Your Pokemon have essentially a move set and a wheel spins to determine what move you use and same for your opponent and then while there are exceptions like status moves function differently and there are moves with essentially increased priority um but other than those extraneous factors generally the pokemon who rolls the higher number within their move set wins and the other pokemon is knocked out so that is completely random and can be very frustrating but more of the strategy and more of the time you spend playing is is actually in the placement and positioning rather of your pieces so it's less about you're not really even engaging in combat every turn, and in fact, it's more about like making sure your units are placed in such a way that you're defending your base while also having ones that can sort of advance on your opponent's squares and uh, or squ- square rather. Um, and it's really more about where you move your pieces than it is about the combat. The combat just happens to be how it resolves, I guess, stalemates in a way. Hmm. It sounds slightly similar to fire emblem minus the fire emblem the ios version minus the whole 
RNG stuff. Fire Emblem is just like moving your your pieces in a way where you're going to have the biggest advantage and it's the whole uh green is good against blue, blue is good against red, red is good against green kind of thing. I have never played a Fire Emblem. There well, I don't know how different the iOS version is from a main Fire Emblem. Is there there's no type advantage in duel is there i don't think so there is not okay but there are matchups between pokemon that are better than others based on abilities and move sets for example latios is a very strong piece so a lot of people will put specific pokemon in their squad that are able to defeat latios that um that have a higher chance of being able to defeat that specific pokemon so there are there are matchups that are more favorable, but it doesn't fall on type advantage. Yeah, no, that's like that's similar in Fire Emblem, whereas if you have somebody if you have a unit that is like floaty that is on a Pegasus, a flying horse, they're more likely to they can easily be defeated by any of the archer units. Or if there is like somebody who is wearing armor, they can only move one space at a time where other pieces can move like four, three or four spaces at a time. But the, there are certain units that can like break through armor easily. So depending on the matchup, you would want to bring in different units. They, they both, how you're describing Duel, and again, I haven't played it and I've only played uh, a couple hours of the, the Fire Emblem iOS game. They seem like games that appeal to the same types of players that like that strategy game uh, it just sounds like pokemon is a little more rng based and of course the theme matters a lot because if you've never played a fire emblem that might not do it for you and of course if you're not into pokemon why would you ever download pokemon duel but but both those games serve the purpose of you know getting people more involved outside of the series right like, that's what Pokemon Go did really well, was... And microtransactions. <laughs> right. Do you, have you spent any money in Duel? No. Do you know what the price things are off, off the bat? Like, what are you buying in Duel? I'm sure you looked at it. There is a second... As with many free-to-play games, there's a secondary currency called Jewels? Gems? Jewels? I think they're called Jewels. That you you can receive them just naturally through... Primarily through login bonuses, where if you log in every day, you get a certain number of jewels. And there are a few things that you can buy with jewels. I think you can, there might be some way of buying figures purely with jewels, although I'm not sure about that. I haven't seen that particularly. The one thing I know that you can use jewels for is to speed up the unlock of your prize chests. So the way it works is when you win a match, you are rewarded with a booster box and most of the and so the booster boxes you received are timed so a rarer one will take a full 24 hours to unlock a common one will take one hour to unlock you can spend gems to open them or jewels to open them immediately that's the only thing for sure i know you can spend jewels on but i think there might also be some way to exchange your jewels for material which then you can use to buy specific pieces but there are other ways of generating material as well i have not felt the need to spend any money on it most i mean i don't ever plan on doing it but i really don't have any incentive now because i haven't played the game enough to really know what 
pieces I should be going for, which pieces I should be upgrading, because I just don't know the 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 meta enough to know <laughs> if I'm wasting all of my all of my rare rare metal C or my ingot R's or my uh there's also a third one, I forget. There's a lot of <laughs> strange currencies and resources that it takes a while to learn the yellow ones you sell for coins the blue ones give you experience the green ones upgrade your sea level and i no, i don't know what that is like ocean level no the letter c but i oh, can okay. see how you would find that misunderstanding <laughs> <laughs> will what were you gonna say <laughs> uh, i wasn't gonna say anything except that um i have never had any compelling reason to play any fire emblem anything and people have like described the game to me and the more they describe the game to me the less interested i become it just doesn't sound like fun that's at the, all that's the doc that's the doctor who effect <laughs> hey doctor who is great the more, the more pe- i've watched a lot of doctor who in my day but you would be lying if you said the more someone talks about doctor who the less you want to think about doctor who doctor who is mm. pretty terrible um what I, I couldn't even make it, has it through its ups the, and downs. the first episode, which was something with a garbage can and like somebody turned into a garbage can or they came out of a garbage can. Okay, there's we all like different things. Let's just <laughs> leave it right there. But I, I Fire see. Emblem, I just don't understand. So I was a big fan of the Advance War series, which is made by the same team that makes Fire Emblem. And I think a lot of my bitterness for the Fire Emblem series, despite the fact that Nintendo likes to make a million Fire Emblems, I think there are like, beside, uh, with this iOS game that just came out, there are three more Fire Emblem games planned, and I feel like we just got a hundred other Fire Emblem games in the last two years. Well, yeah, they did the one that was like, you could do the one side or the other side, and then you could get the third one that was the other side's other side. Yeah fates or awakening yeah. or something like that for for a free game obviously there's besides my time investment there's it's not costing me anything to play and i i have played fire emblems in like a long 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 time ago like when it was super nintendo or wherever it was i can't even remember somebody's gonna write in a very angry email that i don't know what i'm talking about that's fine because i don't i just remember i played a really old fire emblem game and i enjoyed it but i really enjoyed the advanced war series that being said uh, I think Fire Emblem Heroes, which is the iOS game, is really fun, and I see why people like it so much. And I'll just say this before we move on. I think the the, the big appeal is it has the same appeal of Pokemon, of instead of really liking uh, certain Pokemon or certain creatures or you know evolutionary lines, you end up really liking certain characters or fighters. And that's why somebody like Roy or Marth, who are in the Smash Brothers games, are very popular because uh, they're just characters that people can relate to, just like people really like Vanillux or Charizard or Lucario. And I don't understand the love of Lucario. I do. I actually do understand the love of Lucario. But uh, for, for joking purposes, I don't understand the love of Lucario, just like I don't understand the love of Marth. But those two are the same, where people can relate to it in some way and they just end up being favorites. So when you're playing Fire Emblem Heroes, at least for me, somebody who is not into that series, it's very easy to start getting these new characters and then uh, 
instantly starting to like certain characters just based on their outfits or the way they look or all the characters do have a personality where you can click on them and tap them to make them say something and the two or three lines of dialogue <laughs> uh the two or three lines of dialogue they say uh is very easy to get a feel of what kind of personality they have which then plays in part of why you might uh find yourself liking that character more and just like in Pokemon you have all these characters at your disposal uh, but you pick four to go into battle with you at a time and then you level them up and they learn new moves and stuff so it 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 does f- fit this it does fit in a way uh that pokemon fits in a way of those two audiences crossing over with each other it's like in a kitchen if you take a cup of milk and a a bottle of chocolate syrup and you mix it together those cross over into each other just like i'm done with these food analogies uh what else do we have for news? I, mean, I was like are you sending secret messages to some <laughs> foreign spy confederacy with these yeah, strawberries chocolates and milk just get activated valentine's day is coming up and pokemon center has updated their their lineup of merchandise I don't know why this is news, but uh, I think sometimes we forget that Pokemon Center exists, and they do add a lot of stuff. But for Valentine's Day, there is a a Slowpoke shirt. There are Espeon and Umbreon coffee mugs, and I know those are two very popular Pokemon. There are some Valentine's Day uh, hearts slash note cards with envelopes, and then there is a five pack pin set that you can get which features pikachu eevee umbreon espion and slowpoke so those are all in the pokemon center the other bit of news i wanted to piggyback off that is they are adding plushes from sun and moon to pokemon center i'm sure a lot of listeners or just pokemon fans in general are waiting for a Mimikyu plush which i don't think exists yet i know it exists but it doesn't exist in the english pokemon center but they did just add komala Togi Dumaro, uh, Rockruff, and Pikapek in plush form uh, in the Pokemon Center. So I know that uh, that is that is exciting in itself because I think those Pokemon are great, and I think Pokemon Center is great, and it is good. Uh, if you if money's no good in the bank, so if if you need to find a way to dispose of it, Pokemon Center is a good outlet for that. Uh, other bit of news here is the Pokemon Advance. Complete Collection is going to be released in North America. Speaking of Generation 3, the Complete DVD box set, because we still are on that technology, of the sixth English-dubbed Pokemon series, Pokemon Advance will be released in North America on May 16th. This box set contains five discs. Those will be considered Region 1, which means they can only be played in blah, blah, blah. Uh, according to the back image cover on Amazon, the set contains 23 hours of content. So this is the the sixth box set that has come out. The other box sets are Pokemon Indigo League, the Complete Collection Pokemon Adventures in Orange Island, the Complete Collection Johto Journeys, Pokemon Johto League Championships, and then Pokemon Master Quest uh, were all released between 2014 to 2016. I don't know if anyone's really collecting these box sets i'm sure there's somebody but i don't i just can't do dvds anymore nope not for me well yeah not a digital versatile disc fan (laughs) 
you need that shelf space for your board game collection. Uh, yeah, that that collection needs to come down in size, definitely. No, I, I mean, I, I guess my PlayStation 4 can play DVDs, but you know what I don't want to do? Get up and put in a DVD and watch three episodes and then get up and put in another DVD and watch three episodes. What if they put four episodes on each DVD? <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not really selling me there. <laughs> Next, bored with this. Final bit of news is these, you have a second chance to get Genesect in America and PAL region Generation 6 games. The second chance Next, for the... that's boring too. Didn't we already <laughs> talk about this last week? No, we no. didn't. We didn't. Second chance... Hey, everyone likes Genesect. Second chance to get Genesect is now available for Pokemon XY, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire using the game's common serial code. The American code... The American region games code is Genesect20. And the PAL code for the games is Genesect2016. These codes are of these codes can be used until February 28th, 2017. The Genesect is level 100 with no held item. It knows the moves Technoblast, Magnet Bomb, Solar Beam, and Signal Beam. It cannot be attained on the same game as Genesect from the earlier 20th anniversary distribution as it is identical to it. Uh, and yeah, there you go. So America Games, Genesect 20, everyone else, Genesect 2016 just go ahead and enter that in the serial code area of mystery gift get yourself a genesect the techno blast pokemon i don't know if that's what it is i think so no i think it has a different name but i'm not gonna look it up for you all right good it is the paleozoic pokemon really that sounds more appropriate that doesn't sound as interesting <laughs> no i think genesect's cool it has a good look good theme uh that's that's all i have for news i don't know if i'm missing anything i believe there was a pokemon go update and it made some fixes for apple watch but i have not tried it yet so wait um being a recent owner of an apple watch as opposed to last weekend um you said you don't have the series two right Correct. I have Series 1, which is different mm. than Series 0, which was the original Apple Watch. And But yours doesn't have GPS built in, right? Correct. Mine doesn't have GPS, wonder... and it doesn't have the waterproofing. But I don't know how to swim, so I didn't need the waterproofing. Also, I didn't find the GPS to be that beneficial, because I can never imagine going outside my house for a run without my phone. Because and what... yet, I can imagine that, but... Um, so my question is possibly all of the issues you were having were because of the lack of GPS. So I've got to give it a try since I've got the, I've got the series too. No, Nike it has nothing Plus to do with the GPS. Edition. It has to do with the fact that the app would crash after 20 seconds. Because well, the but app maybe is it was garbage. crashing because it was trying to access a GPS. No, because it pulls off your phone. The, the only difference <sighs> between the GPS and the watch and the GPS without the watch is it pulls from your phone's GPS. And let me tell you, my phone's GPS is fine. Yeah, but you used to also, also always complain about del- getting delays and getting notifications for things, and I've never had that problem either. I never had that problem. What are you talking about? Somebody used to complain about that. Check your Twitter history. All right. <laughs> I'll give you an update out of my 74,000 tweets. What, <laughs> what we'll do now is uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back... We're going to talk about, we're going to cover some emails and we're going to give you your Pokemon 
of the week. A dun dance. A boot dance. dance. A dun a dud dance. A boot dance. dance. A dun a dud dance. A boot dance. dance. Abundance. Abundance. A dun a dud dance. A boot dance. dance. A dun a dud dance. are back from our break. We had a couple of emails to go through and our Pokemon of the week. I do really like the email segment, so I wanted to make sure that we try to at least do a handful, especially since I have such a backlog of emails. But if you want to email us anything Pokemon or non-Pokemon related, we'll definitely try to tackle it uh, on the show here. Uh, that email is sbj at pkmncast.com. Or just go to PokemonPodcast.com, hit that contact button. Either way, the emails go to the same place. So the first email is from Matt from Webster, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yep. Yes. Uh, Hey, guys. I love the show and listen every week, usually with my girlfriend, who finds the show hilarious with banter. My question that I have is looking to do a podcast about magic the gathering lore and i was wondering how you managed the time to do everything in the podcast and everything related to it and any advice you could all give me i'm a huge fan of the host but will's will shines above the rest in my house even with my (laughs) six-year-old laughs at the sarcasm he adds thank you for your hard work and entertainment my favorite pokemon is umbreon without a doubt i would uh, uh pokemon center has some stuff for you also, good luck to Travis with their Canadian move. Thanks. The thing about Will's sarcasm, I appreciate the luck wishes. The thing about Will's sarcasm is that when he drags me through the dirt, he, he's not being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very disappointed auntie. I can only be as I am. <sighs> you you both have other podcasts, which which you, which you should pimp. Uh, so go ahead, pimp your pimp your podcast, and then you know give me give me what what you do to maybe prepare or just set that show up. Well, Travis, you go first because yours is much less niche than mine. Okay, yeah, I do a show called Arbitrary Archive. It's a culture review show. We take a random well. In the fiction, we receive um, a thematic suggestion from a sentient AI named Jeff. But in reality, we're just taking a random word generator and then using that random word as our theme for the following week. Where, uh, like, for example, this upcoming episode, the word that was randomly generated was demolishment. So we both had to pick a piece of media that fit within that category. Uh, and then we talk about why it's worthwhile or not worthwhile. And we do that every week. The thing that I came down to with the process with that show is because unlike It's Super Effective, where there's a sense in which we're covering news or any 
like breaking content, the key is to just record in advance, right? So it, it doesn't matter when we recorded the show for Arbitrary Archive because the content is the same regardless of whether we recorded it a week ago or not. So generally, it's actually not true of right now. But uh, generally, our process is to have at least one episode recorded in advance. So if something comes up, we only need to edit and instead of having to edit and record in case we get busy. And I think that really helps with being able to fit your release schedule and, and be consistent with it. Not that we've been perfectly consistent, but you know, we haven't, uh, we've only missed one week, I think. Uh, and, and I think that's the key, right. Is, is to have that sort of buffer there. And it sounds like if you're just covering magic lore, that it would be a similar circumstance for you that you wouldn't necessarily need to, uh, be covering the latest magic, the gathering news. Cause that's not your subject matter. So that would be my suggestion. Are you sure they don't want the latest magic, the gathering news as part of the program? Well, I mean, the email writer said they're covering lore, so that would yeah. be like story magic information and, lore. and like stuff about uh, like uh, Jace. I think is a Magic the Gathering character, or uh, 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 the one like Angel or Black whatever. Lotus. That is a Magic the Gathering <laughs> card. Yes, although. Black Lotus. That's a that's a thing in Magic the Gathering. <laughs> the pro- the problem with your argument is that um, as they come out with new cards, that adds to the lore, so they'll want to discuss those cards and sure but but i mean even then that's that's not happening every week so you know you might sometime need to have an episode like well i mean even then okay so you might need to have have an episode that's current if they just announced all of the new cards for the new set and then you want to talk about them or whatever but you could also have a few episodes recorded on like lore from urza's legacy and it doesn't matter when you recorded that because it's already old. Well, that, that's true. What I, advice I don't do know. you have, Steve? Uh, I don't know the the podcast space that involves Magic the Gathering, but I would assume that a lot of podcasts in that space are probably about the metagame and the most recent stuff. So I would assume that there aren't a lot of podcasts specifically about the lore. So if that is the case, I feel like Matt has a slight advantage, and that's something that it's super effective had the advantage in back in back when we started and and something that Will's podcast Drive Check has an advantage in because that market wasn't at the time when it's super effective started that market wasn't saturated yet, which is which is kind of my advice, which is let me let me explain a bit. I I might have explained this before, but just to like recap, before it's super effective, I had a video game only podcast uh, because at the time I only listened to video game podcasts, like general video game podcasts where they talk about everything, what's new coming up, what they're playing, and whatnot. And that space is uh, extremely crowded. It's very hard to stand out, just like. It's very hard to stand out as like a Twitch streamer or a YouTube streamer. Uh, the same thing in, in, in podcast. Uh, and I think it, it's, it's harder nowadays than it was back in you know 2010 where not a lot of people knew what podcasts were. I wasn't satisfied with the game coverage with the game, the generalized game coverage kind of skipping Pokemon. That's when I went out and 
I sought to find a podcast that would talk about Pokemon, which ended up being not a lot of podcasts. And I've said there were there were Pokemon specific podcasts at the time, but uh, they were either on hiatus or they weren't putting out they weren't putting out weekly episodes uh, or whatnot. And that's where I decided to make my own show, and that really fit that void of okay, no one else is really doing this, and even though I'm not doing it very well, and I can assure you the first you know dozens of episodes of it superfective were bad they were not good uh but i was doing it weekly and i was trying to do something that no one else uh was consistently at the time uh like i said there were other pokemon podcasts but my the key word i was using there is consistency and so that's kind of my advice is if there are no other magic the gathering lore podcasts then you're already in a you're already in a good place the the second key to that equation is to do that consistently and uh a lot of people can look at a list of podcasts and go oh this podcast only have has like 10 episodes 10 episodes is a lot like 10 episodes is over two months of content if you're doing it weekly and you should and you should make sure you hit a schedule it wasn't it's not until you have a good listenership under your belt and and good is good is relative to what you want to achieve if if a good listenership to you is a hundred people listening a week that's awesome if a good listenership to you is a thousand people listening a week that 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 metric is just up to you and what you uh you want to get out of it but once you feel like you have a you have a good number if you have a good listenership that's when you can you know take a week off because it's christmas or delay an episode a day because you know you're you're just sick and you can't get out of bed but i think it is what to piggyback off what travis said maybe record one or two episodes in advance in case you're sick in case an emergency comes up in case you're you're swamped at work because consistency in the podcast field is really important and i think being different is also really important you could go out right now and start a Nintendo podcast, but I don't know how that podcast is going to be different than other Nintendo podcasts that have already been doing it, that have proven and had a track record of consistency, an established audience base. You got to remember that people only have a specific amount of time in a week to listen to shows. And as much as I love podcasts, I have cut a lot of podcasts out of my life just because... I didn't like one of the hosts, and maybe that's why a lot of people don't listen to the Super Effective because they're like, oh, I can't stand Steve. But um, and, and and I say I don't like one of the hosts, and I mean that because if I don't like one of the hosts or I don't like one of the personalities, I can find another podcast that talks about that topic that I do like the host on, and that's what I mean when I say that. But yeah, so find, finding finding or doing something that stands out than other shows does help there was a time where i thought about doing a splatoon podcast uh because i did believe that there was enough information and community there to do that weekly and even with splatoon like not doing their like their them ending their their monthly events or stop releasing weapons every week i do think that there was a good five or six months where i could have done a split a Splatoon podcast, which is what, like 25, 30 episodes. And it probably would have done pretty well because that community in itself is pretty active. I'm sure the Magic the Gathering community for lore is pretty active. So I think you have something there. But 
uh, like look what's what's not being done and try to fill that void and if that's the case for you then you're, you're on a good start but just like Travis said I think consistency is a big part uh, I gave you a really long answer so I'll let Will talk now uh, well so you know drive check is also about a collectible card game so in some ways I can relate and there is a ton of lore in card fight vanguard you know, primarily because it derives first off from somebody who wanted it to be like manga and anime. So it has all those tropes built into the actual game. And then there's an actual manga and an actual anime that go along with the card game. But the three things I would add onto what Stephen Travis said are, if if you want to do a podcast, it, it is not a one night a week thing. Um, you're probably going to need to dedicate at least a portion of three nights a week. Number one, figure out what you're going to be talking about when you actually do record and document that you want, you know, for a drive check, we do a, what, what we call the program notes every week where we put together the actual topics that we're going to be talking about so that when everybody gets together, we all know what we're actually going to be talking about. And then if any of those require research, and if you are doing a lore podcast, you probably want to do some research into the background of where things come from. Um, people can take the time to do that research. Then you need a night where you're actually going to record. And if you're recording, like if your goal is to say record half an hour to 45 minutes, then, you, you know, always double the amount of time that you're planning, um, especially when you're first starting out, because it just takes that time especially if you're recording with people in different locations across the country to get the people all in the same place at the same time and up and ready to record and prepared and, and everything like that. And then your third night is actually editing what you record, um, which really involves listening to what you recorded over again, um, not sped up and actually catching anything that needs to be cut out, any uh, silences that go on for too long, uh, if there's some clicking in the background that you need to cut out, anything like that. And then if you want to add any audio effects, that's the time when you do that. So, you know, like recently in Drive Check, there were two card games that have died. So I added in, you know, a trumpet playing taps as we were discussing those card games dying. But, you know, I had to find that audio file and integrate it into the recording and make sure that the... You could have just asked me. I played the trumpet. I did not know that. <laughs> no. Played next it live. Time I need, next time I need a recording of taps, I will uh, ask you to submit. Um, awesome. But yeah, but then you have to adjust the audio levels for that recording, make sure that it's not overpowering the voices and everything. And then, of course, you know, if you are doing people who are recording over Skype, then you've got multiple tracks to manage and you have to have an audio editing software package <laughs> that you use or uh, two or three. Uh, I, I wait, I only use two at this point in time, but yeah, I mean, it's, you're, you're going to, it takes time, right? It's not, Oh, my buddies are going to sit down for half an hour a week and we're just going to plop that on the internet. Cause you guess what? Nobody's going to listen to that. Also get good microphones. Yeah. Don't, don't skip on the microphones. <laughs> Absolutely. The, uh, your iPhone headphones, microphone, no bueno, don't, don't go down that path. Um, so yeah, just, uh, you know, be prepared to make a time commitment. And then when you combine that time commitment with consistency, boy, it becomes actual work. 
So <laughs> be prepared yeah, for the, the work of it. The last thing I'll say, which will validate Will, which might be a might be a first on the show, is is the time. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, which, which is the time thing? I think for it's super effective. There, there is that exception because we've been doing this for so long. So Travis and Will, and and no no offense to you guys, but you you guys do little to no work besides showing up. Correct. That is very true. <laughs> and so you show up. I I lay out the I lay out the game plan, and and we go. We normally do that Sunday morning, and then I will actually edit it at night uh, before I go to bed uh, on Sunday. I usually wait till Irene goes to bed. I edit it, and then I go to bed, and then that way when I wake up. It's hit all the RSS feeds and it's it's out first thing on Monday. That's that's the rhythm there. But with with the Tuesday night podcast, which is my board gaming podcast, if you were to ask me over a year ago if doing a podcast was easy, I probably would have said yes uh, because I'm so used to Travis and Will, and I'm so used to the rhythm that we we've, we've come to, and I I think we see that a lot in reviews and comments of of people saying that we sound just like like friends in reality when we're not friends we hate each other um (laughs) (laughs) so true so true but no we do have we do have this this chemistry and that that didn't that wasn't apparent 150 episodes ago why i bring up the tuesday night podcast is because i was doing i was hosting another podcast which i would have told you oh I've, i've done that i've done i have 250 episodes under my belt i know how to host a podcast but doing that with like two new people that you know aren't familiar with podcasts but are aren't familiar in like doing podcasts but are very good talkers and they can talk that that's for sure i uh, i just felt like i wasn't achieving what i was achieving so easily with it's super effective and it was something that burnt me out and it's something that i've had a conversation with Sean and Allen about of like hey i love doing the show but like this show is taking up too much time and I'm feeling burnt out and I don't even have time to play board games and no offense to you guys, but like doing it super effective is my priority. It is like my baby of a podcast and I have to make sure that I have the energy to do that show. And they were completely under understanding and I've stepped away from that show now for, for uh, a little bit. And I think that show is in a good place. And I think Alan and Sean uh, will handle that show well as I'm away yeah, it's it. I you know I did sixty sixty some episodes of the Tuesday Night Podcast, and that's a lot. That's like a that's a year straight. And honestly, I felt burnt out. I felt like I can't do this again. Um, and and that that's still my show, and that's still something that like I care about. But uh, I will eventually go back to that. But I don't know what my original point is. I think my original point was like podcasting is a lot more work than it just seems on paper it's it's a it's a lot more than three people sitting around and talking and that's not to say it's bad like if you want a podcast go go podcast but uh it's it's not a it it's not free <laughs> it's not it's not the oh, oh, oh wait 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 thank you for bringing that up it is not free you got to pay that SoundCloud monthly fee. You're going to have <laughs> or, a website or for your pod- or Lisbon or wherever you decide to oh, go. I don't know. We all do SoundCloud. Uh, you you want a website for your podcast? You're paying Squarespace, dudes. It ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> and can I can I offer one more piece of advice? Yeah. Be very trepidatious if your co-hosts are going to be college students. Because college students who are in classes lack two things. 
one, a consistent schedule, um, because even if you know what their class schedule is, they might have a lot of homework to do that night that you were planning to record, and all of a sudden they're no longer available to record. And two, college students don't have a lot of privacy, so it's hard for them to have a quiet room to themselves where they won't have some other person walk in the room and start talking to them and they're like dude i'm recording and you're like oh one more thing to edit out (laughs) when i was in college and a part of this show i would go to like an abandoned wing of the of the uh housing building that i lived in and found just a very dark vacant room and would record from there (laughs) i remember that I remember that. And then occasionally people would run by, like, playing hide-and-seek after they wandered into the, the darkness that was that part of the building, and that would ruin things. But, yeah, it is <laughs> it is a... That is a concern. Make sure you have a, a place to record that is nice. And And I would also mention that eventually you're going to figure out your... And and this is, I mean, I realize the question asker was asking mostly how to find the time to be able to do the show, but we've sort of transitioned into just giving general advice. I would say also, eventually, I think you'll find, and your co-hosts, if you have them, will find their, what their podcast persona or, or voice is, and I think it's okay to lean into that. I, I certainly have a different personality on this show than I do in person it's sort of an exaggerated version of me and i think that's important to do because you're supposed to be entertaining people and i think it's okay to be a little outrageous if that is the tonality of your show because at first you might think no i want to be the genuine real me sometimes and i mean this is me included people are kind of boring so it's okay to be a bit of a cartoon character if you need to be 100 percent agree if your real life personality is a steak and your podcast personality is on the cutting board of a salted steak and you grill that for an hour and 45 minutes you have yourself one heck of a podcast uh but thank you matt for writing in that was a very long-winded answer uh second question second email here is from derek from los angeles california hey sbj and the rest of the pokemon crew I've been meaning to email you for a long time now, but as with many things in life, I haven't seemed to have the time to sit down and send an email. After just listening to the 250th episode special, I felt inspired to sit down and send in this email. First off, I wanted to say thank you for regularly putting out a high-quality, entertaining podcast. I am 27 years old, and some of the best childhood memories revolve around playing the first two generations of Pokemon games. I took a decade and a half hiatus from Pokemon, this ended on Pokemon Day 2016 while I, when I felt inspired to go out to a local GameStop and pick up a 2DS that I could download and play through Pokemon Red again. After flying through the game, I decided I wanted to go back and play through all the different generations that I missed. I guess that once you hit your, once you hit your mid-20s, you no longer care if playing Pokemon is cool anymore. We have this a lot, and I've expressed my same opinions for that. Uh, in the year... That has passed since Pokemon Day 2016. I've picked up and played through Heart Gold, Alpha Sapphire X, and both Sun and Moon. Most of these I've played through two or three times. Your podcast has helped me fill huge gaps in my Pokemon knowledge 
as well as inspired me to reach into the Pokemon back catalog and experience all these games for the first time. I'm at a point now where it isn't a weekly episode. I'm at a point now where there isn't a weekly episode that comes out that I don't listen to. I teach middle school, and Pokemon is an awesome way for me to connect with my students. Also, my goal for 2017 uh, is to have played through every main series Pokemon game, which means I have some awesome new first ahead of me. SBJ, there's something you said during the 2015th special episode, live episode that struck a chord with me. You mentioned that Will and Travis always tend to be fan favorites, and you don't get many people who connect with you. Well, SBJ, I connect with you. One of the things that got me interested in your podcast was finding out your Twitter handle, which seemed to be based off of Atticus Dragging the Lake compilation albums from back in the day. The first Atticus Dragging the Lake album introduced me to bands that are still some of my favorites today, including Alkaline Trio, Glassjaw, The Starting Line, The Movie Life. Which tracks based off the Dragging the Lake compilations are your favorite? I'm now off to become a Patreon backer. Cheers, Derek. Uh, long email. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, glad that our show has inspired you. Uh, that that means a lot. Uh, going off my Twitter handle, uh, you might be the first person who's ever written in that like understood that reference, which is great. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of that music anymore, but like punk pop growing up was uh, a big influence to me, uh, especially the movie life. No, then I grew out of pop punk and I moved into hip hop and then I grew out of that and moved into just mus- music with no lyrics and then I like went back to hip hop and then I'm all over the place. Right now I listen to like like brain music, like music that's supposed to help you focus, which is like really weird and goes off on my whole like mindfulness and meditation thing. But yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to piggyback off this email? The uh, easiest way to get your letter read on the program is to praise Steve, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think this person is real. I think this I think this is a plant. Also, it is worth it is worth mentioning that probably the reason it's difficult for people to get the reference of your username is because dragging a lake is just a general term meaning looking at the bottom of a lake for an object usually in a criminal investigation and that would be why they might not make the yeah. connection to whatever obscure pop punk thing that you're referencing. That's true. Honestly, I thought it was a reference to Elvis Costello's watching the detectives. You know me, I, I commit Big crimes. Big Costello and, fan, I know. <laughs> I commit crimes and throw weapons into lakes. Uh, but no, thank you for writing in. No, 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 no. You you drag a lake if you're if you're looking for bodies, dude. No, you can also drag Correct. a lake. I just for... didn't want to get into the gruesome detail. <laughs> you can drag a lake for weapons too. Wikipedia it or Google well, it. If you are not a fan of, or if you've never heard Elvis Costello's Watching the Detectives, it is possibly one of his greatest songs. So I do recommend that everybody go out and give that song a listen and uh, see if it brings you to tears like it does me. Out of all, I will say. There's also a Mars Volta song that references dragging dragging a lake. I think it's. um, Yeah, I don't like Mars Volta. No, no, no. Mars Volta is one of the greatest bands of all time. Oh, I don't think so, but. (laughs) what are you one of those dudes who's like at the drive-in i I don't listen to mars volta because i will take mars volta over at the drive-in no i don't i don't i don't care for at the drive-in either like i saw the drive-in live in their reunion tour and like their most recent reunion tour and that was like a religious experience (laughs) i mean enjoy that but d lousting the comatorium is one of the greatest albums that we've gotten correct yeah i like d loused more than like relationship of command but I would also say that because 
at the drive-in is so closely associated with that one record relationship of command as opposed to the previous more like emo work that they did that i think they can you can sort of feel like at the drive-in never made bad music even though they did because they made some bad stuff before relationship (laughs) of command but with mars volta like d laust is their best album francis the mew is pretty dang good no one should ever talk about amputecture uh (laughs) bedlam and goliath is pretty decent and then it really goes downhill from there so it's like mars yeah. mars volta like in recent memory it hasn't been as good as like d lost in the comatorium i mean that's okay everybody can't be at their best at all times the the dragging dragging the lake albums i think there were three of them if if my memory serves me right they were they were compilations of like a bunch of pop pop punk bands and I know it was started by the the guys from Blink-182. Let me tell you a band that doesn't actually hold up very well. Blink-182. <laughs> Wrong. I did, like, Tom and Mark, are just, they just cannot sing. They're just not good. As but they much, never could sing. Yeah, exactly. My 16-year-old me would have told you differently. But boy... <laughs> that music doesn't really i mean i i have no shame in saying like i still think fallout boy is really good and i know a lot of people don't like fallout boy and that's fine i whatever music like music is music but out of like out of that era of pop punk music like fallout boy is something i can still listen to and enjoy and really like uh blink way Two, i listen to and i go ah some of these songs are good, right? Like all the small things are like their their hits, but like their albums through and through just there's a lot of junk going through that. We don't need to go on music. Nope, no more. Uh Jackson writes in and says, "Hi, writing back again. Um I have three questions. First off, which professor is your favorite? Also, which games do you think have the best starters? And lastly, give me each your dream team of from pokemon sun and moon by that i mean your six favorite pokemon but remember it has to be a strategical uh, and your team could actively get you through the main story uh hope you guys have a great day thank you for all the work sent from my zune i didn't realize you were gonna get a homework assignment i know (laughs) i feel like that last question might take a lot of time but i will say my favorite professor is kukui that's pretty easy and which games has the best starters i'd actually probably say gen 7 i like rowlet litten and poplio plop 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 uh i like them all equally and i like every stage of their evolution like generation 5 i like tay pig a lot but i don't like embor i don't think embor is that great I love Oshawa. I think Oshawa's super adorable, super great, but I don't care for Samurott. So I would say Gen 7. That last question, though, is very time-consuming. Let me think about it. Will, do your thing. I'm still picking. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think my favorite professor is probably Sycamore, um, just be- because I prefer a more mature uh, gentleman. Um, I think he's got a little more, you know, he's got it more together, not so foolish and uh, of course he's not married so potentially available for dates and such uh favorite starters i'd have to say gen 2 because that's where you get your syndiquils and your toto dials and the good stuff um yeah but you got and chikorita dude it ain't nothing wrong with chikorita 
uh, I mean, ain't nothing right with Chikorita either, but there ain't nothing <laughs> wrong. It's just like right in that perfect mellow zone of That's, green blob. I would, I would argue that Chikorita's fine. I would, uh, well, in a, in a contest of all the starter Pokemon, Chikorita is very low on that list. Chikorita loses. <laughs> like, I don't know what other starter. No, there are plenty would... of worse starters than Chikorita. Name one starter worse than Chikorita. Okay, Fennec. Oh, the one that Fennec turns into okay, a... Okay, Litten. No. What? No. No. What? No, you're wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that turtle, Turtwig, just, ugh. Ah, what it turns into. Like no, 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 nah, no. Because that... uh, Torterra is really cool. He's like a bonsai, tr- bonsai tree <sighs> thing. Torterra. I would argue... Pure junk. Like, I, I might even your... argue that Trico is worse than Chikorita. All right, no. I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> okay, so anyways, Gen two, uh, Travis, Professor, and Generation starters. Professor Sycamore is also my favorite. I think he has more personality than the rest of them, and he's also cuter. Um, then I guess probably Gen six. Honestly, I think has the best starters. You know, I just made fun of Fennekin, but I think. In the scheme of things, I think Gen 6's starters feel cohesive. Like, I like Gen 7's starters a lot, but they do not look like they, like, belong together. Um, And I feel like Gen 6 and actually Gen 3 do a really good job of having the designs feel uh, like they have a lot of similar elements. Gen 5 as well, but I'll just say Gen 6, because Froki and Trespin are two of my favorites. And while I don't really love Fennekin, it's not that far down in my... uh, writings even though i was just trashing it the last question i mean i would i would probably still go with the same team that i had i mean i had crabominal i had toucanon i had incineroar i had alolan raichu i had uh shenotic i can't say its name shintonic shenotic shenotic is fine shenotic is fine and I don't. What was my last one? I don't remember my last one. But oh, 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 uh, Palosand. There you go. Yeah, I, w- I, I would, I would still go with those. I, I, they got me through the main story fine. I think they were all great. Like when I go through the main Pokemon story or just any Pokemon game, I like to have Pokemon that that are either new or just are exciting to me, and I knew from the moment i saw sandy gas and palosand i like i was like oh i definitely want those dudes i don't care how good or not good or how meta or not meta they are i just want a sandcastle on my team and then you had one then everything was right in the world at that point in time uh what about you guys it's a tough call i mean i definitely want to keep uh ribambi because that's super cute uh, I want Shenotic because it's super cute. I want I want Dupiter back. I don't want to evolve it anymore. Please I'm gonna have my little spider with the water bubble on his head. Uh, I want a Sazzlazzle. Sazzlazzle. Am I rubbing off on you, Will? It's just I can't remember what order the words go in. I know it's like jazz hands. I want one of those. Uh, I want. What's my what's a good throwback? Oh, give me one of them psychic Raichus. Lolan Raichu, yeah, it's real great. Yeah. That'll be a good time, fun time, uh, dude. And then 
probably since you can't have Volcarona in Sun and Moon, I would need what is my birdie dude called? Two cannon buddy. No, my birdie buddy. Picky Fletchling, Fletchinder, and Talonflame. <laughs> like for for the rest of all Pokemon history, any team that I build myself, if I have like the full menu of options, it's either going to have Volcarona or Talonflame or Volcarona and Talonflame. So <laughs> since in this option I had the option to have Talonflame, I'm getting me a Talonflame. All right, all right, Travis. I would give a similar answer to you, Steve, in that my answer is just going to be the team that I had in Sun and Moon because. Well, I pick the Pokemon that I think are cool and want to have on my team. So it ends up essentially asking the same question. My team was Mimikyu, Rabambi, Alolan Persian, Alolan Raichu, Probominable, Decidueye. I know there are two ghosts and a dark type, and that's really redundant type coverage. But hey, those are the Pokemon uh, that I like. (laughs) All right. Thanks for writing in. Uh, last question here is from Don. Uh, time to weigh in on an old topic. You guys ready for this? Uh, Probably no. not. All right. Living in Canada, we don't have access to red vines as you do in the South. But recently, I tried some and could finally end the debate. When comparing red vines to Twizzlers, it's no contest. Twizzlers win every time. Red vines don't have the right consistency to be considered licorice. But if you classify red vines as a chewy candy, they do have a unique texture and an amazing cream soda flavor. Red vines are an amazing candy, but Twizzlers are the ultimate licorice. Agreed. So here's the real kicker. I have no recollection of red vines or Twizzlers being relevant to this program at all, which what? just goes to show how long we have been doing this garbage piece of it, it may have been a, a media. A, a, segments that travis was not involved in at that no no time. travis was here travis what let's start it now what side are you on licorice is terrible universally oh they're gosh. both bad what? all right so i first off red vines are superior no yes second the canadian has declared <laughs> i also like how he considers us the south because the three of us live in northern states, and so to be like... Yeah, technically, I'm I mean, below Macy Dixie. Yeah. Yeah, Will doesn't make the cut. Will definitely makes the cut. He's, like, right next to the White House. That's the cut. The wh- right, No, the cut so. is the Mason-Dixon line. We made that for a reason. <laughs> it's a real thing. It has, it has a pretty nasty history associated with it, but that is the, re- that is the official thing that separates the north of the united states from the south i just think it's funny because i've never been like referred to as the south but i guess canada has priority on the north everything's Uh, south of somewhere (laughs) that being said i will concede red vines do fall in unconsistent territory that usually the two ninety nine American dollar bag of red vines gets you the most consistency for for your purchasing habits because the, if the bags are bigger or smaller, I feel like sometimes they don't hit peak red vine taste. Uh, the only this would normally be a thing. This would normally be a 
type of statement that I would find flabbergasting that you're making because it just seems like very wild claims. Although I have similar experiences with Cheez-Its. I feel like the size of the box of Cheez-Its you buy, like the the lar- very large boxes have very bad Cheez-Its. Yeah, I, I think it's the same with with soda too. Like I and and, and that's it, that has to do with how it bottles it, right? Like I think a can of soda tastes way better than a bottle of soda. I think there's like more crisp crispness and like the the way the carbonation, like it it feels more bubbly in a can, and I like that a lot. Uh, and so maybe it's how they like bag slash package red vines or the cheez its in this case. Yeah, I I feel like there's a certain bag of red vines you have to buy to get the best flavor. And so I will admit that red vines can taste bad, but that's only in the the way they're packaged. And I don't know about that. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know that about Twizzlers because uh, I don't buy Twizzlers enough. Like, why would I buy Twizzlers when 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 red vines are there? But red vines are good. They're really good. You, you you buy Twizzlers because you want something that you can bite into, and like, I mean, I am obviously the the one who's constantly you know stop feeling things with your mouth for people who complain about foods because of the way it has a mouth feel. Stop! Don't taste food. Don't feel it. But but red um, Twizzlers, you bite, and and there's a chew, and and there's consistency to them that red vines just is completely lacking. I'm starting to realize why I have no memory of this. It's because I just, I mean, it, as as listeners know, there's a lot of there are a lot of things that will do this to me. But just, I'm I'm gone. You start arguing <laughs> about which piece of garbage candy tastes better, and I'm just out. Oh, the so door. what's the good I'm candy? Not, yeah, what's the good candy? Trap? No, candy dude. is candy. No, I mean candy is just bad. I I don't like sweets, so I'm sort of biased anyway. Like I don't just generally like candy so if you're arguing about like reese's versus whatever as a competitor to that i would be similarly bored if if you had to buy a candy though if if you walked in and said hey you were you were on a you were on a date with professor sycamore and mm-hmm. you got my attention and they said listen i want you to pick out a candy that both of us can enjoy what do you buy? Well, that's, I mean, that's the kicker, right? Is because I, I know that the typical human being enjoys garbage candy, but <laughs> I, 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 so I probably, I mean, well, actually, no, Professor Sycamore is um, a cultured individual, so he would probably also enjoy dark chocolate like I do. All right. Oh, I do enjoy a dark chocolate. I'm not going to argue with a dark chocolate. 80%, 90%? What's your, what's your percentage? I mean, the, the, the darker, the better, generally. All right. All right. What about white chocolate? How do you feel about that? No, bad. It, no, <laughs> that's not even chocolate. No, I Correct. mean, I'll eat a white chocolate, but I would, I would take, but I would you'll prob- regret it. <laughs> I'll take a uh, a milk chocolate probably over a dark chocolate, but I'm not, I'm not going to shy away dark chocolate. I'll tell you what though, there's this chocolate. I think it's made by Godiva that has cayenne pepper. Is that that is a pepper? Yes. Uh, it has cayenne pepper on the inside, and I didn't ever think that spicy chocolate would be a thing I would enjoy, but boy, spicy chocolate is a thing I enjoy. It's my, really, brother, really... my brother lives in Columbus, Ohio, and there is, there are, well, there's actually a bit of an ice cream rivalry in Columbus, Ohio between a place that I believe, I think it's called Grater's, and a place called Jenny's. Grater's is the more traditional ice cream, like, 
you you know chocolate vanilla strawberry your your traditional flavors and i think a lot of the purists tend to like graters but then there's another institution called jenny's which is a much more hipstery um and they have a lot of strange flavors stuff like i had lavender there once um which uh you know it tasted like lavender smells my mom's favorite at jenny's is an ice cream that's chocolate and cayenne pepper and she adores the stuff and i think you can actually order it online so if you like that steve i think you should order jenny's queen city cayenne because all right it is quite good ice cream i'm gonna look into that because yeah i uh i never thought i'd like it but it's really really good well there you go the debate is uh the debate is the debate let's wrap up this episode travis give us our pokemon of the week and uh we'll go from there oh yeah that Oh, yeah. So our Pokemon of the Week this week is Wigglytuff. It was uh, sent in by a listener on Twitter that asked. I don't have their Twitter handle real quick, but uh, I'll get that as Travis goes. Wigglytuff doesn't get a lot of usage in VGC 2017, but because it's because of its ability competitive, which is the same ability that uh, Melodic has access to, which we mentioned a few weeks ago, it isn't completely unusable. Competitive is very great because of all of the Pokemon, namely Arcanine, that have Intimidate. Competitive, as we mentioned before, will increase your special attack by two stages anytime any of your stats are lowered, which includes when the Pokemon with Competitive is subjected to Intimidate's loss of attack. So you get Intimidated, and then your special attack goes up by two stages. I'm going to feature two move sets here the first is from gabe brown and it's wigglytuff with assault vest the ability competitive the ev spread is four in hp 188 in defense 236 in special attack 12 in special defense 68 in special defense i don't see a justification here for why that ev spread is useful it's actually kind of strange that you would invest that much in defense over hp because it generally, sounds very precise though yeah yeah so i'm sure it's there for very specific reasons like to live a very specific thing that would normally one-hit KO it. So I'm not sure what we're trying to avoid there. But uh, Timid Nature with Thunderbolt, Hyper... Thunderbolt? Thunderbolt, Hyper Voice, Dazzling Gleam, and Fire Blast. Now, as we've talked about Assault Vest before, uh, which increases the special defense of a Pokemon but prevents them from using any non-damaging moves, that's why the set is an all-out attacking set move set gives you your two stab types in hyper voice and dazzling gleam to give you the same type attack bonus uh, and then coverage on of stuff like um cartana or um the occasional magnezone with fire blast uh, and then thunderbolt covers flying types and water types stuff like araquanid or pelipper um that sort of thing um and Generally, this is less of a specific counter to Arcanine as Melodic is. We talked about how Melodic is specifically a counter to Arcanine and some other Pokemon like Garchomp. Um, Wigglytuff, because we're not running, you know, like a water-type move, you're basically trying to get the benefit out of the Pokemon with Intimidate without necessarily being a specific counter to that Pokemon. You just want to be able to go in with uh, a boosted special attack and just be generally good. Um, the other alternate here comes to us uh, from, I don't really know how to pronounce this username, is it Dame Kage? 
Dame Kage? Uh, Dame, Kame. Dame Kage, yeah. Kamehameha sends us Wiggly Tough with Citrus Berry. Um, and I mentioned before on an episode that I didn't know why people use Citrus Berry over the berries like Iapa Berry and, and those sorts of things. And I realized it's because those ones trigger at a lower HP reservoir than does Citrus Berry. So anyway, Wiggly Tough with Citrus Berry. The ability, again, is competitive. This EV spread is 252 in HP, 4 in Special Attack, and 252 in Special Defense. This is a much more defensive Wiggly Tough. And this is a Calm Nature with Hyper Voice, Dazzling Gleam, Disable, and Wish. Um, Disable and Wish are interesting choices, uh, especially for doubles in Disable's case, because um, there's a lot less switching when there are only four Pokemon that you can bring into a battle. So whereas in singles where Disable you don't really end up using because they can just switch out and get rid of the Disable... Uh, you end up harming your opponent a little more in a doubles scenario with access to disable, especially because um, you can end up disabling important stuff like protect or that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, similar similar thing. It's uh, it's you, except in this case, instead of being a little more offensive, in this case, you're very defensive. Uh, so you're banking on getting the special attack boost from competitive not so that you're like an offensive powerhouse but so that you have very good bulk and a decent offensive output and the ability to hit multiple multiple opponents with stuff like hyper voice and dazzling gleam um wish if you don't know is a move that will after a f- after two turns heal uh whatever pokemon is in that spot a considerable amount so you can sort of use it to recover hp another move people were talking about in slack uh that's worth considering is the move heal pulse which is a move that as it suggests heals your partner pokemon um and a lot of occasions people who use that if the pokemon partnered with the heal pulse user is like a setup sweeper or something so like a snorlax with like curse or belly drum or um even trying shenanigans with like speed swap with Ferramosa or something um being able to constantly heal the pokemon that's been bulked up by those sorts of stat increases can be pretty devastating if you get it set up and that's you know usually a big if so that's another consideration i think that's enough for wiggly tough right yeah there you go. Wigglytuff and its evolutionary relatives share the same category name as Quillfish and Drifloom. They're all known as the Balloon Pokemon. Wigglytuff has the highest HP of all fairy-type Pokemon. And in its earlier appearance, Wigglytuff's white stomach did, all, did not always extend above its ma- mouth, but however, it does always in r- modern appearances. It looks like after Crystal, they changed that by going by the sprites here. And a shiny Wigglypuff is more of a purple than instead of a pink. Instead of bluish eyes, the eyes are more greenish. So if you care about shinies, there you go. It's a decent looking shiny. Wigglytuff is 25% male, 75% female. And it is normal fairy. One of the Pokemon that got their types changed once uh, Generation 6 rolled around. Was I the only one who was... I, I I know I'm not the only one, but were the two of you disappointed when Chansey and Blissey didn't get fairy type? 
A little bit. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about it. Are they just normal? Yep. Correct. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, by the way, that request was sent in by at Snap on Twitter. They asked if we could make a competitive moveset for Wigglytuff, so hopefully those two movesets were beneficial to you in some way. Uh, let's clean the house a little bit uh, with some house cleaning. Follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Podcasts. Stay up to date with the episodes. Patreon.com slash It's Super Effective. Leave us a review in iTunes. I don't have anything else. Oh, yeah. Emails, by the way. Uh, you want to send in an email? SBJ at P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T dot com. Or just go to PokemonPodcast.com and hit that contact button. Uh, don't be shy sending in those emails. Otherwise, uh, I haven't given a shout out to Nick though, but Nick has done our intro and our outro music for how many episodes now? The last 51 episodes. I think we changed over around episode 200 to the new music. He also did that remix that you heard in our break segment that you can find on on his SoundCloud uh, if you're looking for that specifically, I don't know his SoundCloud username off the top of my head. Just head over to our Reddit, uh, reddit.com slash r slash super effective, and you'll find the link to that song there. It's Nicholas Burgess dash one. So N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-B-U-R-G-E-S-S dash one. It is dash one. I have verified this, but uh, it is on a Reddit as well. If that's uh, easier for you to remember, reddit.com slash r slash super effective. Uh, Travis is at the, oh yeah, so shout out to Nick for, for the intro, for the outro, for the, you know, making fun of me. Shout out to that. Uh, Travis is at the Travis W on Twitter. Will is at Wash in the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. Uh, thank you for listening. If you made it to the end, I don't say this enough, but I, uh, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's awesome that we have listeners like you guys. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are Super, super Effective Weekly Buff. Uh, keep that dog clean, 2017. There you go. Do you like motorcycles, card games, explosions, board games, Mexican food, video games, music, cats, the weird and the unusual, wrestling? Go check out hashtag DrunkOnTacos over at DrunkOnTacos.com or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash DrunkOnTacos or even on Instagram at at sign because that's how Instagram works like Twitter. Uh, Drunk on Tacos. All the same thing. DrunkOnTacos.com. If you like that stuff, they are a proud supporter of It's Super Effective and we thank them for their patronage. <laughs>